Good evening and welcome to episode 87 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight our panellists include 2016 regional champion Jesse Marshall. Hello. 2016 regional champion Alice Reese. Hi. And I'm Brian Holland, 2016 regional top eight competitor. First of all, we'd like to welcome our guest panellist, Alice. How are you? All the way from the UK? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm kind of glad not to be doing this at 6.30 in the morning like you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> how are we doing? Uh, God, don't let them behind the curtain. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what's going on. We're trying to sync up the time zones as usual. So for those of you who uh, may not have read any of the tournament reports, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, just in general, before we get into the uh, event. Um, sure. I, I'm, as you said, I'm from the UK. Um, I, I live in Preston, um, where there's a really, really good netrunner scene. Um, Preston, a friend of yeah, mine. We have a we, yeah. have a we have a Preston in Melbourne. I, really? I, wonder, I wonder if it's the it's, same, place. same place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet your Preston is much much nicer than our Preston. <laughs> no, I be. shouldn't say I shouldn't say that. I do live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important to be honest with yourself. <laughs> and how long have you been playing netrunner in Preston specifically? <laughs> um, I started right around the time that Order and Chaos came out. Um, so, cool, so that's just, just some like, somewhere over a year? a year. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And what drew uh, you into the game? Uh, well, I think like a lot of Netrunner players, I came from um, playing Magic: The Gathering in the past, the other mm-hmm. game. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Didn't talk about uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll get in uh, no, it's um, okay. Wolfie's not here. We're allowed to. Yeah. It's Go on. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I kind of, I got out of that, I, I kind of lost interest, I was always frustrated um, at not being able to afford to play the best decks, Yeah. Um, and so I got out of, of playing Magic, and um, I was card game free for quite a while. And no cardboard then, crack. Oh. Yeah, no cardboard <laughs> crack, it was, uh, it was a good time. Yeah, um, I can imagine. But... <laughs> But yeah, then a, a friend picked the game up off his brother and, and brought it to our sort of uh, friend group. We used to all play Magic together and we used, we all kind of stopped playing at the same time. Um, so when Sam brought along Netrunner, uh, it didn't take much to start sort of one other person started playing it and then someone else started playing it. And I was quite resistant at first. I was like, no, I'm free. I'm free of cardboard crack I'm, I'm not going to get into any more card games and then I kind of okay fine teach me how to play it looks interesting you know this asymmetrical element I'll, I'll learn how to play it but I'm definitely absolutely not buying any more cards did people mention the Richard Garfield element to you at that point and did that sort of get you a bit more interested or did you find that, um, out, later? I think, find that out later I think it might have come up but I don't think it was that relevant to, to getting into it okay. um, really I mean um it could have done, I suppose, subconsciously, but I don't remember thinking, oh, you know, Richard Garfield. No, I, I just want to know because I try when I try to recruit Magic players and I mention that, it sort of seems yeah. to have a bit of an effect. But anyway, sorry, let's go on. <laughs> he is like a god to most Magic players. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just, just say the name and, and it's, yeah. it turns a switch in their head. Who? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really resistant at first and then I relented and learned the game and then like a month later I was like, okay, I've got all the cards now, let's... let's uh, <laughs> Let's get going. Do you remember uh, what it was, or perhaps the moment when you were like, "Oh God!" Like tomorrow, I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to go buy like twenty data packs. <laughs> what, what, what was it? What was it that pushed you over the the uh, theoretical edge there? Um. Well, 
a bunch of of my friends went to store cha- store championships last year, and um, just were were kind of telling me all about it. And um, one of the things I really missed from Magic was the competitive tournament scene, because um, I'm, I'm a bit of a competitive person, um, and just uh, kind of you know getting up going out for the day specifically to compete meet new people is a big thing for for me as well um sort of um, and there's always people you see around at events that you never see anywhere else um they're, they're kind of um so i missed all that from magic and and that was kind of i think a big factor in me actually starting to buy into the game was was seeing them have have all kinds of fun yeah, you're definitely touching on why we really like the competitive and tournament scene, just in general, mm. and yeah, why we're all about it with Netrunner. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the Netrunner competitive scene is just sort of on another level of awesomeness than the Magic yeah. scene yeah. ever was. Yeah, it's was. pretty great, isn't it? Yeah. So where, when you sat down with all your data packs and everything, and you were told by the Netrunner hierarchy that you had to select two factions and stick to them for the rest of your competitive career, which <laughs> ones did you choose? Oh, well, so obviously it's a big decision. Yeah, it is a big decision, and I I, uh, I, I obviously subverted the um, requirements there because I started off with um, Shaper and Jinteki. Um, Shaper and Jinteki. How did you How did yeah. you get into Jinteki early on? Did um, you just like? I decided the I want to kill people. Okay. Um, but not with like big fire, just lots of little. Like little zaps. Yeah, I, I, I wanted uh, to to do the thousand cuts. Um, trap style uh, cool. I wanted to mess with my friends <laughs> Ah, that's good which, which cards in particular Drew you into Jinteki? Were there, are there any that you remember being like, oh yeah, that's cool Or was it just the general theme? Um, the theme was definitely uh, You know, the, the whole um, This could be The winning agenda, this could be a Project Junebug that's going to kill you yep. um, Yeah That whole thing Um you know, you could mission notion something out on the first turn, and they kind of go, "Well, that's definitely going to kill me." And then the next time you score three points of agendas. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I figured out the other day what it is I don't like about Jinteki. You know, when you're what? playing as runner and you're like running like <laughs> HQ or R and D, and you get that little like that little exciting bit of rush when you access an agenda. You're like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> you know, and you run it. Say you're running for like a four card R and D dig. You're like, "Oh my god! I'm going to an agenda. It's going to be great." And then you and die. if you play Jinteki, yeah, it's like a snare, and you die, and it ruins the whole experience for you because <laughs> you, you can't yeah. run, you can't run like a giddy child into R and B and run around <laughs> anymore. It's like everything, everything is stressful. It's like, yeah. So, um, yeah. Jinteki um, players are really, of, really getting in there. <laughs> one of the things that definitely drew me into Jinteki was um, after Order and Chaos came out, I, I was playing against my friend who, the Sam, the guy who got me into the game. Yeah. Uh, and he fast tracked for government takeover, and installed a piece of ice on HQ, and then did something else. And because I was very, oh, very new to the game at that point, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, exciting. Um, I'll run HQ." And then he rose to Kitsune, and was like, "Here, take the six point agenda." I was like. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly one. I'm so close. And then he was like, "Okay, punitive. There you go. Now you're dead." And then he retired the deck and never played it again. But because he did what he had to do, <laughs> clearly. Um, but yeah, I figured that 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 was um, that was all pretty cool. That was interesting and and uh, fun. Cool. Uh, 
it was fun after the fact. It was pretty shocking at first. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I hate the, that feeling. I remember, you know, I was playing early on against someone playing PE, and I just had my Kate deck, and I was going about my business on my first turn. He did an ice R and D. I was like, swear, I got this Maker's Eye. And I played out some of my economy, made a run, and hit two agendas, and only had one card in hand. And I was like, oh, it's oh. yeah. <laughs> pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's and you never did that again. Yeah, so I mean, my yeah. story's a lot more dumb than yours, but still, that, I think that, <laughs> that first time when you just get killed by something in Gentech, you're like, oh, I've got to be more careful. I've got to figure out how to deal with this. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but you say that, but that didn't that that doesn't stop me uh, from dying to a snare in an R&D dig at um, the last regional I went to. <laughs> However, uh, by the sounds of things, you dying to snares and R&D digs is a little rarer these days than... Uh, yeah, than uh, yeah definitely a little bit. I, I, I'm a little bit less reckless than I used to be, but only a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit I, about Wayland's Forge in Birmingham and the uh, the regional uh, that you had there. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the actual shop. Um, the day was um, the the day was taken up completely by the event for me. No time for shopping. Um, but they had a really great venue, lots of space. They had like um, a PA system for for announcements and, and um, how many how many players? It was really were there? well. Uh, 59 oh that's very hefty um, yeah so and th- they sorted out a deal with the coffee shop next door to get everyone like a £1.50 voucher so you could go and get a drink <laughs> before the first round um, oh that's really so cool was, yeah, yeah. That, that, that really set me off uh, quite well <laughs> hope all the, the TOs out there are paying attention <laughs> just yeah, get, the, get the sludge on before the tournament yeah <laughs> and uh, so what uh, decks did you end up bringing for the tournament I took a Nerathub deck and a Leela deck. Ah, uh, Leela. Yeah. Yeah. People don't play that as much here over there. Is it popular in the UK or is that just a Dave Hoyland thing? Um, well, Dave Hoyland hasn't been playing Leela lately. He played Max through Store Championship season and he's on Wizard at the moment. He doesn't so, tell us um... anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what brand of Nerathub did you take? I took a not very nice brand of Nero Thub. A Nero Thub that wanted to to kill you. Mm. <laughs> oh. oh. So that's uh, one of the things you're talking about is that it's, that's a harder thing to do than it was uh, now yeah. post-MWL. So what concessions Yeah, I miss my Sans Sans. Yeah. Oh, really? So you're not even playing <laughs> yeah. the Sans Sans. So nope. obviously when we say it's harder, it's that it's harder to fall back on your plan of scoring out because you're playing MBN yeah. now with fewer fast advanced pieces. Um, so, like, what's the list looking looking like? Like, tell us a bit about how the deck plays. Um, sure. Well, um, it was about it was about five o'clock in the morning when I was putting the final touches to this list. Uh, it was just before we went to get the train to Birmingham, and um, so it, it it ended up looking a bit mad. Uh, but I thought, you know what, this this will be fine. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but it's. It's got three AstroScript, because you're in MBN, so why wouldn't you? Um, Three breaking news. Um, Because the primary way it tags you to land the kill is uh, the 24-7 news cycle. Okay, Um, yeah. You know, um, it's kind of the best way to tag people at the moment, I think, because runners tend to be so rich. Yeah. but it runs a lot more ice, I think, than traditional butcher shop decks, uh, and more assets as well, probably. Um, 
I ran two snares. Uh, I had the choice between three scotched or two scotched and two snares. Uh, and I ended up going with the snare because um, medium deep digs are so dangerous at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to and did, uh, put did, the did snare off. ruins anyone's day? Uh, snare did make a couple of people sad. It didn't kill anyone, <laughs> sadly. It just made them very sad. Uh. Yeah, Wait, just, how many just, snares was it? Two. Two, two snares. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so the kill package was just two snares, two scorched, or were you playing traffic accident uh, too? Two two traffic as well, yeah. Yeah, that, and that was that those cards along with the three astros was the entire influence. Yeah, and so does that mean your ice was all NBN and neutral then? Yep, um, the ice uh, it looks like fairly standard NBN ice suite actually. Um, two wraparounds three pop-up windows, an Archangel, an Enigma, a Turnpike, and three Data Ravens. Data Raven being the best and the run ice in the game. Yeah. Um. (laughs) That seems extremely strong. It's okay, I was going to say, many people are sort of blindsided by the fact you're playing a butcher shop list, or what's your meta like over there? Do more people play it? No, they won't. There was a lot of butcher shop around for a while. Um, but it sort of faded out. Um, it became a lot less popular, um, and you just didn't see it so often. And so, really, the reason that this deck did so, or the reason I did so well with this deck, is because I kind of figured that a lot of people were getting slack on running their plascretes. They were dropping. I've had worse, and just relying on wild side, um, and the people were ripe for the kill <laughs> uh, and I, I turned out to be quite right um, oh. although, well apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, although on the day I actually scored out more times than I killed people because as soon as people really? figure out I was going to say I was going to say before that um, when you said you dropped sand sands that you must have killed a lot of people but you scored out more, no. you scored out more. yeah well um the deck likes to start off like an asset spam list. You kind of it runs um, two Sansi Actors Union. It runs a, a single pad campaign, which um, is is really just there for the draw. On people don't like to trash it, so it does accrue a lot of money over the game. Um, but yeah, it likes to just kind of you know in- install things. Um, and how and often? Some, sometimes you install an Astro script naked, and they leave it there, and you yeah. score it, and you're wow. happy. Especially, you have a lot more guts than I do. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a lot more guts than I do. I, I don't think I am one of the people who very often <laughs> installs Astros out naked, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Um, and when so you get away with it, it's great. How did you? How did you find? Did you play against Wizards much in terms of relying on those assets, or did you find that the yeah. metagame was more non-Wizard? It was very, very Anarch heavy. I played against um, mostly, yeah, I think um, out of six rounds and three games in the cut, one of my opponents was not a an Anarch. How did those Sensi Actors Unions and the pad campaign hold up against the Anarchs? Did you find that you got much out of them in those matches? Yeah, um, well, as soon as, before people realise that you're trying to kill them, they assume that you're just spamming out assets like NEH does, and so they ignore them, um, 
And you can usually get at least one use out of a Sensei Actors Union before it gets trashed. Mm, and, and that's what you want. One is, is usually enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Do you, do you uh, find that after you res that first Sensei Actors Union that people are more likely to check your assets? Um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, um, at one point I was playing against a noise player and I installed a Cyberdex virus suite and an Astro script. Um, and obviously they ran the Cyberdex and then didn't run again for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, do you find that reading your opponent like that and, and sort of um, trying to set up situations where uh, the card, either the card they've just trashed makes them more likely to run remotes or one of the cards you install makes them less likely to run remotes, is that something you try and play on a lot? So if in the situation Brian just mentioned someone's just trashed a Sensi Actors Union, will you then maybe think about installing the snare the next turn because they're more likely to be running your yeah. remotes? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly the kind of thing that this deck forces. It forces you to understand how your opponent treats remote servers and um, what they're kind of going to focus on. Um, it's, interestingly, this deck, uh, for me anyway, performs uh, quite poorly online um, okay. because uh, people are a lot more reckless about what they run. They they might run every single remote you put down without stopping to consider the situation as much. Whereas when you're playing in person in a, a kind of quite important event... Um, then people will be much more considered about what they do, um, they you know what they see and, and uh, what happens in the game will impact their subsequent plays much more. Absolutely, and I think I mentioned to Brian a while ago uh, when we're talking about playing on Jinteki.net that when people motion notion something on Jinteki.net, I'm so much more likely to run it because if I die, yeah. I just move on and go to the next game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas exactly, in real yeah. life, you know, you've got to pack yeah. up your tokens, pack up your, your play mat, look your opponent in the face. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, yeah. On, on Jinteki.net, you don't have to admit to anyone that you just face-planted a cerebral uh, overwriter, right? That's right, exactly. Um, so that what you're saying there makes complete sense to me. Um, so yeah, that 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 was a big part of this this deck's success was um, playing on people's expectations for MBN at the time and kind of subverting that. And how many people were just caught sort of quite off guard by the fact that you're playing kill? I mean, uh, that's uh, actually add something else to that question. How many people were caught off guard by it? And how many people once they realised you were playing kill, maybe they saw a scorched earth and R and D or something? Um, still didn't prepare for the 24-7? Um, pretty much everyone uh, was caught off guard by the kill. Uh, anyone who a snare was completely blindsided by it. Um, and in fact, I've spoke, s- spoken to some of my opponents uh, since, and they said that they had no idea it was a kill deck, um, even after playing the game because in in those games particularly i just scored out so um yeah um cool but and and it, the it performance of 24 7 over something like seasource how, how did you find that that difference was for you on the day um it was it was perfect um i i think that that card is is ridiculous i i might I don't know. I don't like to say certain cards are overpowered or unfair, but it, it feels like twenty four seven news cycle kind of verges in that direction. Just because 
there's not a lot of tagging mechanics that the runner just is helpless to avoid. Um, But 24-7 breaking news is one of those things. It sort of becomes a game of can you stop me scoring the breaking news, which is not necessarily easy for a runner to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it with this deck, it's not entirely unreasonable to just score a breaking news on your first turn um, when there really isn't anything that the runner can do to stop you, and then you just need to score any other agenda, and the threat is online. Seems pretty strong to me. So, you, were you playing two Cyberdex Virus Suite? Um, because I know one of the difficulties with uh, getting you know scoring out a breaking news and then scoring out another agenda in time to get your combo going against maybe an aggressive anarch deck as dnrd uh might be that you can't actually fast advance out past a clot and they do sort of check what's going on and um, was it having the snares that stopped you from losing those games because you're punishing the medium dig and you're punishing the checking remotes or was it um the fact that you had the cyberdex virus suites that allowed you to get past clots um, I ran one Cyberdex, um, but that was more as a, again, a protection against medium deep digs than anything else. Um, just because Anarchs have so few ways of getting the clot when necessary, um, I actually took the exact same deck uh, to the regional in Scotland the next weekend and faced mostly Shapers instead of mostly Anarchs. And, I, you know, I didn't... Um, do nearly so well that time so um the the threat of clot is is a big deal but in the matter of the minimum regional um it it wasn't um a big enough threat i guess cool so uh that's a really good sort of divergence to touch on i guess that anarch's not having access to the clot necessarily when they need it your deck managed to punish that really effectively which seems like it was an excellent medical seems great yeah like i said the the reason this deck did so well is because i i somehow managed to gauge the meta um pretty much precisely um so that's great i think that's a a common story for a lot of people who do well at big tournaments is preparing well and and reading the metagame so congratulations yeah congratulations (laughs) thank you and uh what about on the leela side were you expecting a lot of near earth hub was there a lot of anti-tech in there yeah, I was definitely expecting a lot of Nerathub. I was very, very scared about uh, the infamous IG. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended it's up... Jesse's favourite deck. <laughs> you and me both, right? Yeah, yeah. No, comment. no comment. Yeah. Other than to say <laughs> Museum of History. Anyway, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not yeah. push that out, shall we? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I played uh, against... Again, out of, I think, um, nine games or eight games, um, only one of those was um, not an asset spam deck. Two of them were Gargarin uh, rather than NEH, but, you know, still spamming assets out as far as the eye can see. Right. Um, So you had two Gagarin decks spamming assets out, and how did you deal with those? Carefully. (laughs) Yeah. Because it uh, seems like a like, crim... Like, were you running Desperado as your console? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who so doesn't? That, <laughs> you're only human, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, so that helps you deal with the Gagarin ability a little better, because you're not getting penalized. Yeah, it, like, it really helps with that a lot. Yeah. Um, so was that sort of the, the key strategy that you went with, just trying to control those remotes and not allow them to get their system going? 
Or did you focus um, on centrals instead? I I think I get a little tunnel vision towards centrals in assets bam decks. I, I struggle to know what to deal with first. So I just kind of think, okay, I'm going to ignore all that. I'm just going to run R&D until I win. Okay, or until I, I lose, I, I pretty whichever much do the comes same first. thing most of the time. Unless I um, have soul set slums, then maybe I go trash some stuff. But most of the time, I just yeah. go R&D. Yeah. Yeah. And how did um, that work out? Pretty well. I mean, there are some things you absolutely do have to trash. Uh, like um, Mumbad Construction Company. Um, one of the Gaga Index was playing that. And that, as soon as you see it, it, it kind of has to go. Or as a criminal, there's no way you can stop them fast advancing from that. Um, so, yeah, that's... Um, Other than denying them the cash. But you can't yeah. really do that that effectively over the course of the game, I guess. They're going to get rich no, at some point. No, I mean, yeah, you can keep them down early with Siphon if you're lucky enough. But um, one of the Gaga Index was using um, Mumbad Virtual Tor and Product Recall and Encryption Protocol um, to just kind of gain seven credits with one click. Um, and then museum museuming them back into the deck and tutoring them up, and it was it was just that deck was crazy rich, um, so kind of economy denial wasn't really an option there. So for our listeners' benefit, they were using Mumbad City Hall to tutor up the Mumbad Virtual Tour, put it in play, and then trash it. Yeah, um, pro- trashing it with product recall um, and uh, having encryption protocol rest. Um, means that that's just gaining you like so many credits. Oh, because it increases um, the trash cost, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, product recall accounts for that. So cool. And I guess more bad virtual tour is also good for punishing the people who are trying to control the remotes as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it has um, a sort of dual function there. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, Interesting. Sorry. Yeah, I I think Leela um, is better place than a lot of other runners to let assets get out of control because when they when the cop sees that you're not running remotes they are going to try and sneak out an agenda um but leela does punish that by by her her bouncing ability so it'll, it'll enable you to get rid of a piece of ice um and and uh make your access to centrals a bit easier um yep. which is is important yeah, it sort of allows you to disrupt them whichever way they try and stop you. If they try and stop you from stealing that agenda from a rope with a piece of ice, then you can potentially bounce it. And if they try and ice up their centrals more and then go through remotes, then you can disrupt that as well if you are successful in getting into the remotes. So uh, Leela is really well-placed to, to try and stop corps that are already struggling a little bit to defend both remotes and centrals. I think that's where Leela really shines because it disrupts whichever one of those they're doing worse at at the time. Yeah. Um, although the the opponent who was using the um, product recall virtual tour combo uh, also had an Eliza's toy box uh, and oh, wow. rezzed a... He was using Jeeves as well, I think, uh, and he rezzed a free curtain wall on HQ. Um, so I, I didn't get many siphons off in that game. No, it's pretty low-value siphons at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Um, and other than the Gagarin decks, uh, what else did you face, particularly once you got towards the finals? 
the final the the cut was uh I faced entirely near a thub um with my with my runner um and that's a pretty good matchup for Leela on the whole yeah it's it's not terrible um especially if you can get an early agenda i there was there was one game against uh Joey the guy who um I faced in the, in the final our game earlier on in the cut um he iced HQ and installed like a turtle box and a temple or something like that and I hit an astro off the top of R&D bounced HQ ice ran HQ and took an astro out of there as well that was pretty crippling um Leela just kind of lets you do things like that sometimes yeah, sometimes you get that snowball going on. Stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like stress, Brian. You're no, not playing against this deck. Stre- yeah, sorry. I need to be stress free. Um, <laughs> so, uh, tell us a bit about the tail end of the event. So, making the top eight, you mentioned that you'd only been playing Netrunners in Sorter and Chaos. So, like, what about eighteen months? So was this the first major tournament you'd uh, you'd done well in since you'd left Competitive Magic? Um. I never did well in competitive magic, oh, okay. so the, the first real tournament I did well in ever. <laughs> um, I made the cut a couple of times in store champs, um, but so you obviously using your sweet yeah. sweet Leela playmat in this event, yeah. Uh, I w- I wasn't. I have a uh. custom playmat. There, there's a gaming cafe in Preston um, where uh, we play a lot of Netrunner and and um, as Shout the out to tail them. end of. Yeah, shout out to Dyson Donuts, um, and <laughs> and there's a there's another store in in uh, Preston as well, Harlequins, where they also run events. So we're kind of drowning in Netrunner events. It's awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, but um, I have a custom playmat from Dyson Donuts that that um, they made at the end of uh, the last GNK season when they'd run out of GNKs, but people still wanted events. Um, so uh, it's it's just um, it says on it. Uh, Dyson Donuts ran out of GNK, so all I won was this generic playmat and cake. Uh, I th- actually think I might have seen a photo of that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, how was the top eight? How did you go in the Swiss? Where were you in the top eight? Um, I was the uh, top of Swiss. I, yeah, I, I dropped one game... Um, Sort of uh, in round four, I um, lost a runner game, um, and then in round six, the 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 day was great except that there was no lunch break. Uh, so by round six, I was sort of flagging a little. So my opponent and I f- did the math, and we realised we could just ID and both get oh. into the cut. I know to, you went to eat something, right? Yeah, I mean, that? I like. <laughs> I don't know really, I don't have as strong opinions about it as other people maybe, but um, I I always thought that I wouldn't ID. I mean, um, it it was offered to me three times um, and I only accepted once in the last round just because, oh, really? uh, yeah, if I didn't have a sandwich at that point, I would not have been able to play <laughs> no matter how well I did in the Swiss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, so with one loss uh and one sort of loss from the the id um i finished at the top of the swiss congratulations awesome um yeah and then uh 
as you worked your way through the top eight, you had the the win with your snowballing Leela, and then was it Leela that you played again in the final, or was it uh, some murder that happened? Slash score. Um, no, <laughs> I I played. I was undefeated in the cut, so I played four games, uh, and three of them were actually with my Nerathub deck. Um, just just out of um, random chance, I guess. Um, and yeah, the the first two games were against two different Val Siphon Spam decks, um, so that was nice, uh, being siphoned uh, more times than my criminal deck can do it. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty miserable but, game, but you apparently uh, pulled through, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, it wasn't so bad. Um, well, I mean, it was pretty tedious having to sit there and kind of go, okay, I'll click for three credits, I'll click for three credits. Oh, you're going to siphon me again? Okay, fine. Um, we're going to do this till you run out of siphons, and then I'll kill you, or then yeah. I'll score out. And when they have to remove the tags because you're trying to kill them, the plan does get a lot slower, and you yeah, then just have the um, time to recover. Yeah, um, one, uh, I think, I think if I'm remembering correctly, one of the Val players did go, uh, in fact, both of them went tag me, um, and, and both suffered for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what were you facing off with in the finals? Uh, in the finals? Puffing off against, rather. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, Noise, um, against my Nerathub, and, um... I found out at the at the end after after we played. I, I I was being cautious. I was playing around. I've had worse. And I found out towards the end that um, my opponent didn't even run. I've had worse. Um, oh wow! So um, yeah, that um, it was a great game, um, but it it just it kind of went uh, in my favour. I scored out a naked script really early, um, and Joey couldn't find the clot. Um, so I got up to five points and installed an agenda, installed an agenda behind a data raven, and he thought that that was going to be the winning two point agenda. It was actually a fifteen minutes. Um, so he ran through a data raven to steal a fifteen minutes uh, and kept then kept the tag. And uh, yeah, sounds painful. Uh, well, it went down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly had That's his 15 great. minutes of fame. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, this guy. This guy, Jesse Marshall with the zingers, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, from a while, says congratulations. Winning a, winning a regional is no mean feat. I mean, I've, I've heard good things about winning a regional, so maybe I'll get there one yeah. day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's just, pretty just, good. You should try it. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Like, I mean, you know, maybe it's not for me, but that's fine. <laughs> um, was there uh, anything you wanted to say in closing, Alice, before we wrap up? Maybe uh, any shout-outs, anything particularly you wanted to um, to talk about? Um, no, I guess just um, a big shout-out to all my opponents on the day. It was a really good day. Um, I had a lot of fun, played against um, some people I've played before, some new people, um, but they were all great games. Um, the UK regionals have been massive. How many people were there at Birmingham? At Birmingham, there were 59 players. Massive. Um, it's pretty big. Yeah, there have been four so far, I think. Um, and yeah, 59. I'm not sure how many there were in the one in Ireland. Uh, but there were 34 in Scotland and 121 in the UK Games Expo. So yeah, um, we have fewer, but but we make them uh, count. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I do have a friend who's going to all of them. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like UK Netrunner's going along very, very well at the moment. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think the community is, is very strong. Um, there, there's just so many people that um, I've met through Netrunner. I mean, I've, I've made a, a deliberate effort to travel around and play against a lot of people. I, I went to something like uh, 12 store champs or something like that um, just to, to meet more Netrunner players, I guess. And um, yeah, they're all such a lovely, friendly bunch, uh, even when they are trying to kill you. Yeah, uh, which does happen a lot. Which I'm, I'm sure is true of you as well. Uh, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on, Alice. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to jump on and uh, brave the time zone situation. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for having me. It's been uh, great fun. It's good. We'll definitely have to have you on again sometime. And good luck with the. Uh, are you playing any more regionals? Yeah. Yeah. I've still got a few lined up. I'm going down to Swansea. Uh, uh, next yeah. uh, the, in in the coming weekend, that that's um, actually quite close to where I grew up, so I'll have to avoid a lot of people. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, go and uh, steal some more trophies off some other deserving runner players. That'd be great. And yeah, yeah, that would be good we'll, fun. We'd love to hear about it when you do. In the <laughs> meantime, if anybody would like to get in contact with us, you can do so at the winning agenda at gmail dot com. You can hit us up on Twitter at winning agenda and go like us on Facebook. Our page is the winning agenda. Uh, until next Monday, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Oh, that's me. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, someone. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs>